0: Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance.
1: What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. For a seven-day free trial. Today's show is really cool. You're going to love listening through all the way to the end. And the reason is that I'm recording it live here at Bulletproof Labs Alpha. And we're talking with the creator of a new kind of technology that takes ancient sound healing uh, from a variety of traditions, uh, largely in this one, Native American. And building on it and actually making that something that you can use in your own home or even at a doctor's office in order to change your biology just using sound. I've been playing with this tech at home. It's really cool to hear about my story of how I've been using it and some of the mechanisms for how sounds can affect your biology directly at the cellular and at the nervous system level. So check it out. There's some new knowledge here for you. Today's cool fact of the day is that France just banned Wi-Fi in preschools. They basically said that EMFs or electromagnetic fields, things like cell phones, computer tablets, and Wi-Fi, are probably not good for kids, especially under age of three. And they're even tracking EMFs from cell phone towers and have a law in the book saying that you have or that you must sell a headset to anyone under the age of 14 when they're buying a cell phone and they've recognized electromagnetic hypersensitivity because a growing number of people in France are having adverse health reactions when exposed to EMFs. You might go, what the heck is going on here? Here's the deal. If you've been listening to Bulletproof Radio for a while, I've had several guests on, Dr. Mercola was on recently, and it turns out that it's not just an effect of like a microwave cooking you that's a problem because that probably isn't a problem. What is a problem is something called calcium or voltage-gated calcium channels in the cells that get activated by non-natural EMFs. And what those do is they cause inflammation in cells. And kids, especially little kids, have a thin skull that doesn't protect the brain with all of those precious mitochondria as much as it could so in my house my kids aren't allowed to hold a cell phone that's turned on they do use tablets on occasionally on airplane mode and we have wi-fi oh my goodness but it's turned off most of the time i have a switch on it and here at the labs i actually have a switch i can control with my cell phone <laughs> so i can turn my cell phone on get a little emf that way and use it to turn on even more emfs but the point here is that if we have some governments in europe looking at the data and saying there's enough data here that we ought to at least be precautionary towards our kids. that's worth noting because you could say, well, everyone in France is crazy, which isn't the case. Uh, Or you could also, if you're French, say everyone in America is crazy because they're not protecting their kids. I think that there is, we'll call it meat on the bone here, and that you should be paying attention to this. I'm not telling you don't use electromagnetic devices or don't use cell phones. They're incredibly useful. Just beware. It comes at a cost. So use them consciously and with awareness and kudos to you, France. All right, today's episode is going to be pretty cool, but before we get into it, did you know that if you're too lazy to grind your coffee beans from scratch and then brew them perfectly in a specialty coffee association certified brewer the way I do, that's okay. No one's going to judge you, at least not out loud. For those of us who just sometimes don't have time or in hotel rooms, we actually make Bulletproof coffee pods that are compatible with the latest Keurig brewers. So you can take these things with you when you travel and you can still get your mold-free lab-tested Bulletproof coffee beans. Stack that with Instamix, the new flavor that just came out that is much better than our old Instamix. It's got grass-fed butter, Brain Octane. You can actually have the full Bulletproof coffee experience in your room. Or you could just hit your local Whole Foods and get some of the Bulletproof Cold Brew and just have that ready to go in the morning. I will not travel without Bulletproof Coffee because it's part of what makes me work. And now you've got the coffee pods, you've got Instamix, or you can just grind the beans the way I do at home. Today's guest is Larry Duchin, who flew up to Vancouver Island uh, here at Bulletproof Labs Alpha. He's an entrepreneur and an author and co-founder of Uriel, uh, who also has uh, another name, which is uh, So Hugh. Hugh So Hugh So. There you go. Human Sound. It's uh, is what that stands for. And he's a patent holder of a new technology in sound therapy called Urial Tones. And it's making some waves in the field of frequency medicine. He's written three books about personal and spiritual growth and is now using sound frequencies to have some pretty remarkable effects. I've got his clinical grade equipment up here at Bulletproof Labs. I've been playing with it. And it's cool enough that I wanted to invite him up here to share with you uh, kind of what's going on and what sounds actually do in the body, so I can ask them some hard questions and we can all learn a thing or two about what sound is doing in our cells. Larry, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having
1: me. All right, how did you get into sound therapy, which is about the hippiest sounding thing I've ever heard of, by the way?
2: <laughs> well, I have no music or medicine background, so most a lot of people would look at that as a disadvantage. I actually look at that as an as, as an advantage because. I am able to take a look at uh, certain situations and kind of see them from a non-biased uh, perspective and kind of see what's going on. And I was really able to look and understand what's happening with frequency. You know, that frequency is, is the foundation of life and that uh, what is affecting us with these EMFs and other things like metals and toxins in the body stress and how that affects what we call the frequency language in the body. Uh, but to answer your question, I, kind of came into this this is um spiritually oriented and i would just say god kind of dropped me into this uh because i had the skills to bring this uh technology into fruition and to take it to
1: the point where we're at now Uh, you you're a a co-holder of the patent on this technology what uh, just tell me the story about what made you notice that sound healing had an effect
2: well the you know this is uh Uriel tones consists of sound frequency that was done by two very powerful sound healers in a studio, um, and broken into its individual frequencies. And it was toned with uh, great intention for healing. And so, uh, I was, uh, aware of these two sound healers for a long time was actually my wife. One is my co-founder. And so they've been doing sound healing for a very long time. And I, uh, came into this, uh, We were trying to develop something that would be an answer to a non-invasive answer to the types of problems that we're facing in the world. And so we believe that we've developed something that, that fits that bill because we are restoring healthy frequencies in the body through the power of human sound.
1: I've traveled the world and experienced all sorts of unusual things. And you go to Tibet, they've got you know, Tibetan healing bells. And you go to Australia, they do unusual sound healing with the shamanic drumming. Uh, in fact, I've talked about how sound and these different types of frequencies are some of the original ways that we can... Could actually get in to change the state of our minds. Uh, how do you define sound healing? Is it that kind of stuff or is it something else?
2: Yeah, you know, s- sound healing, uh, what we're using is is a human voice, but certainly there's a number of other sound healing modalities. We feel like the human voice is probably the most deeply assimilated by the body than an instrument because human sound is organic to us. So you think about listening to a choir, you feel that energy running in your body, that's the power of human sound. And there's a reason that human sound has been used used for millennia by, you know, native traditions and indigenous tribes for healing because it's it's that powerful. And sound is really fundamental to basically to all creation because all the spiritual traditions and religious traditions talking about sound as having created the universe. So sound is a very fundamental uh, element in what we're doing. And we think human sound, because we produce human sound, is really the basis of what we need to uh, help us
1: restore those frequencies. There's a time in my life when I would have been highly skeptical of, of something called sound therapy. Yes. However, in Headstrong, uh, my last book, I wrote about how this network of bacteria in the body, the mitochondria that generate our energy, they are vibration sensitive. And mm-hmm. we've absolutely proven this. And we know all bacteria are because when you're culturing bacteria, the vibrational frequency and frequencies can sound esoteric or something. But vibrational frequency means number of times per second you vibrate the plate they're in. Like Mm -hmm. it's a a hard science definition. It actually dramatically affects growth of cells. And when you're culturing human stem cells, if you vibrate them the wrong way or you don't rotate the culture dish just the right way, they actually won't grow Mm -hmm. or they'll grow twice as fast. So we know our body's listening to sounds. And I think we've kind of known this as a species for a long time. You know, we're in the womb and we're getting our mother's heartbeat mm-hmm. and you can actually play sounds recorded in the womb for people and it puts them in weird altered states. But how do you know what sounds do what in the human body? Well, let me back up for a minute
2: and say that, you know, if we could do, I know your, your listeners understand, a lot of your listeners understand frequency medicine, but let's kind of just give a, a kind of a quick overview of that. So basically science has proven that everything in the universe is in vibration and also it, when it's in vibration everything is giving off a sound whether you hear it or not.
1: So when you say everything you mean like sub subatomic particles vibrate a certain way all yeah. the way up from there? I mean
2: everything is energy. Albert Einstein said everything is energy and that energy is all light and sound. So it, it's all basically uh, frequency. Nikola Tesla said if you want to understand the universe then look at frequency, vibration, and energy because that's what the universe consists of. So we're all everything is in vibration and everything basically has a resonant frequency and the frequency is basically the rate and form of that vibration and so everything in your body has a resonant frequency everything in the universe has a resonant frequency and what we uh, believe is happening is that the frequencies in the body have become distorted and this is and this is coming from several sources and this has caused a large part of our health crisis today
1: when we're talking about resonant frequencies uh, people who have an engineering background uh, who have studied that sort of thing understand what that is but can mm-hmm. you define what a resonant frequency is versus a normal frequency
2: well when i'm talking about like uh we, we use the terms entrainment and resonance so there's a, a, a there's a natural frequency that is in your body that each of your cells uh, and organs have. So your body is producing a frequency that is between, depending on like if it's the brain or the heart or what it is, it's producing a frequency that's between like 2 and 12 hertz. And so, and we are, what we're being exposed to like with cell phone transmissions and other types of electronics and other like metals and toxins in the body are frequencies that are radically different than that. So for instance, a cell phone is producing a frequency that's over a billion hertz. And that is obviously something that is quite different than what your body's accustomed to. The other thing is that there's frequencies coming off of the earth that are natural frequencies that we've evolved with over – a long time that are that are you know that we're accustomed to but and those are obviously radically different than these electronic frequencies but when we talk about a resonant frequency we're talking about the frequency that your body in its normal stability and stasis is the one that is using to communicate properly because your bodies your cells are communicating through what we call a frequency language so they're telling they're communicating through this frequency language in order to uptake proteins create energy release Waste and so forth, and that frequency language is becoming distorted by all these metals and toxins in the body, by this, by EMFs, by cell phone transmissions. So it's kind of like the the American alphabet and you were to put some Chinese symbols in there and you tried to communicate through that language, it would be distorted. You wouldn't be able to understand it. And that's what's happening in the body. When
1: you look at a guitar that's out of tune, Mm -hmm. you can hear it. And what's going on there is the string isn't resonating Mm -hmm. properly, right? because there are certain frequencies where things will oscillate properly. Mm. And a lot of people probably haven't heard that we know in hardcore biophysics and bioengineering, like there's a rate of oscillation of the mitochondrial membrane, it's 100 hertz. And the different cell membranes in the body resonate at different frequencies. And that you can manipulate those things with some of the gear I have here, some of this pulsed electromagnetic frequency, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but it's, it's not clear to me anyway we have toxins and even like some emotional stuff probably that that can affect these things, uh, at least in my experience. Um, But maybe we can directly put frequencies back into the body. (laughs) Or maybe we can pull the toxins out and allow the body to go back in. Is it your experience in working in clinical settings and uh, with some people at home with with your devices that just addressing the frequency level helps with uh, these these things like environmental toxins and things like that? Or or like like, what's the net impact of the idea of going to the frequency Instead of to the underlying removing EMAPs or something.
2: Well, I think it has to be. A comp- we believe it has to be a comprehensive approach. So, for instance, um, you know, our sound frequency equipment is uh, we believe very restorative and having very good results in restoring the healthy frequencies that are in the body. And, uh, but it also needs to be paired with other things. For instance, we know from another company that we have, that we have a, um, that's a metal detox program and that, uh, the large majority of people are heavy metal toxic to a significant degree. So those metals and toxins in the body have their own electromagnetic signature. They're also throwing off the frequency in the body. You know, stress is throwing off the frequency in the body. And so, uh, what you have to do is you, you know, you have to do a comprehensive approach, which includes, uh, you know, you know, a lot of the things that you're doing that you advocate, things like uh, Uriel Tones, you so our, our sound frequency therapy, and then also things like maybe a metal detox program, uh, some simple things like taking precautions in terms of protecting yourself from electromagnetic fields, like you sleep with a cell phone next to your bed. You have a digital alarm clock that puts off a huge field. You know, there's some things uh, that you can do. We're in a pretty toxic world from a lot of in a lot of ways, and we have to take a comprehensive approach to stay in good health. There's
1: a couple of things that I came across over the last you know, 25 years of of exploring this stuff, even before I really was as focused as I am now. And one of them is I read a book by Robert Becker, the Electromagnetism and Life, I think it was called. Uh-huh. And after that, I went out and I bought a Schumann resonance generator. And uh, for listeners, the Schumann resonance is one of those resonant frequencies that happens when we have lightning, <laughs> and there's lightning on the planet, and it creates a reverberation between the upper atmosphere and the earth and it's around 7.8 and so my house has always had a predominant human resonance because the cells in your body attune themselves to that as a yes. timing signal and these are things that are just missing from our awareness yet this is proven like, like we know this
2: this is, this is all proven and that's why when you go into nature you feel good because you are receiving the natural frequencies that come off of the earth, which include like the Schumann resonance and other frequencies. So, you know, what we're doing with our sound frequency is kind of taking somebody back to the same state in terms of what they're getting in nature. And so we have evolved over, you know, we've only been living in like houses and we've only had, you know, for obviously uh, uh, several hundred years, we've only been living Uh, had electronics, all of this uh, cell phone transmissions and large proliferation of electromagnetic fields for the last 30, you know, 30 to 40 years, we haven't evolved yet to uh, be able to, to take that on. And, and
1: we're trying, our bodies are trying to adjust to that, but it's causing a lot of health issues. It's, it's definitely something that has an effect one of the things that, that really drew my attention was a video taken about three miles from an airport and it was aphids on a, uh, just on a weed. And every time the radar system from the airport uh, would, would basically sweep in that direction, you'd see all the aphids twitch. And they would just twitch exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure that these electromagnetic frequencies do something to the body. And you know, some of the clinical grade gear here, like the stuff from uh, Pulse Centers, uh, which was a previous guest on the show, where like, you can see your muscles jump when you put a big enough magnetic field on it. Mm-hmm. But what we are doing is sound. Mm-hmm. And sound is different than a magnetic field or an electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. And what does sound do that's different than a magnetic field?
2: Well, so, you know, we believe that sound, especially human sound, is going to be uh, the, the best carrier frequency, restorative frequency back into the body, because again, it's organic to the body. So what we did was, first off, uh, we've taken the, the sound was created by two powerful sound healers with a great intention for healing and again, science has proven that our thoughts, beliefs, and intentions crea- create our reality. That's all proven in science.
1: Well, so, I, I think there might be some debate about that, but I, I believe it to be true. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm sure that some people would debate that. But anyway, so the intention of that healing was put into that original toning and it was basically toned in like a Native American tradition. And then it was broken into its individual frequencies and blended with harmonics of that base frequency to create an oscillating waveform. And that oscillating waveform through the principle of entrainment and resonance is very restorative for the brain and the body. So when we talk about, you know, entrainment and resonance, we're talking about, again, about the fact that, okay, we have certain frequencies in the body. If you have something that's a more powerful frequency that's affecting it, like metals and toxins in the body or uh, harmful EMF, things like that, they will take over and it, the natural frequencies in your body will entrain with that other frequency because those other frequencies are more powerful. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to have the the natural frequencies in in your body and train with the proper frequencies, and that's what we're introducing back into the body through our sound frequency technology. So, we've what we've done is we've created an oscillating waveform, and we've taken like our website says we've taken ancient tradition meets quantum physics. So we've taken human sound as the carrier, and then we've put that into an oscillating waveform. that's helping the brain and the body because it's an overall body effect because you're listening through headphones and you also have pads on your wrists and ankle, acupuncture meridians.
1: Now, anytime we're dealing with mitochondrial function in the body, we're (laughs) dealing with quantum biology and people hear quantum physics and it's it's used a lot in personal development because part of the story of quantum physics is that, well, if you're not observing something, it doesn't actually happen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which can be abused uh, when you're working to, uh, you know, working to establish a mechanism for why something works. In this case, though, we know flat out that mitochondria are sound sensitive and we know that they use quantum effects to generate electrons. That's Mm -hmm. that's actually something that no one understood There were semiconductors until very recently. So we're discovering all these strange things about it and that you can change how they function with sound. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's a definite quantum effect. And what I did, because, well, I'm, you know, an unlicensed biohacker and I don't really follow instructions very well. <laughs> uh, so you you sent the clinical care. <laughs> said, wait, wait till I'm there. I'm like, screw that noise. <laughs> so I unpacked it, uh, opened it up, slapped some of the the sound uh, coils on my acupuncture meridians. Uh, and then I, I did what it said in the instruction manual um, for clinicians. <laughs> this isn't the home unit. And I said, well, I'm going to listen to these, these 48 different tones that have different biological effects in them i'm not exactly new to this kind of stuff you know i i've run 40 years of zen uh neurofeedback and we're always looking at different sounds what they do to the brain and measuring brainwave feedback mm-hmm. and I, I don't exactly know what you've got going on in some of the tones but like, like i'm seeing weird things and and you can really feel them in the body so i picked the three that seemed to be most effective uh you're supposed to do this with some electrical feedback stuff that i kind of skipped oops <laughs> uh, and I, uh, I, I at least did, you're still alive
2: okay? uh, you're not going to sue me so that's okay. exactly <laughs>
1: and I, I i did find that my heart rate variability went up after i did it um, i monitor that uh, with a ring when i sleep so my sleep did improve after i did this and what i would do is i listen to the three tones that seem to just resonate best with me for for lack of a better word and there is some um, you can use you know, muscle testing or the normal way is, is to do an electrodermal screening where you look at a change in resistance in the body. Mm-hmm. But I kind of skipped that step. All I know is that there was something interesting going on there, but I, I haven't used it enough to really know what it is. But I was intrigued enough to say, you need to come up here and tell me what's going on. So that, that was kind of <laughs> the, the background for listeners about why, why I wanted to do this. So you worked with two Native American uh, sound healers to sort of understand how in that tradition they would do uh, a sound healing was essentially like chanting sort of stuff. Yeah, to work it, it's kind
2: of like a chanting or toning okay. type of tradition. Yes.
1: And you recorded that, and mm-hmm. then you added. Uh, you explained this to me before, but I'm not sure I understand it all. You added something yeah, we, on top of it. We
2: we broke we broke that we broke the original toning into its base frequencies, and so those frequencies were basically the 48 that are on the system. And then we took each of those base frequencies and we blended harmonics of that base frequency in to create an oscillating waveform. So it was kind of done. It's it's kind of like a mix of a little bit of experimentation. Uh, mathematics and you know just working with it to get that to get that perfect waveform that is that is restorative for the brain and the body
1: and when we 're talking about harmonics, you can basically take a a, a frequency and you can double it and that 's a harmonic of yeah. this. so if you had you know a, a ten hertz frequency, which would be a low rumble and then you double it that 's the first harmonic you double mm-hmm. that that 's the second harmonic. And it sounds good. Like this is why a guitar, a flute, any sort of music, we have these musical notes that are harmonics. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely more power that happens as you go up in in harmonics. And, And you can do strange things like you get the the resonant frequency of something in a cell and you can take multiple harmonics of that and they have a really powerful biological effect. And that's why music either sounds good or it sounds awful because the harmonics are wrong and our brain's processing that. Right. So you digitally introduce harmonics of a, of a native American sort of sound healing uh, tradition in order to increase the strength of it, right?
2: Yeah. So basically the, we had the base frequency, which is all, you know, human sound. Okay. And then we, uh, took, uh, blended harmonics of those base frequencies using a wave generator, uh, up to three different signals were applied to each of those base frequencies to create that that, uh, very complex waveform that you hear. And, and, and you can, you know, for each one, it's different. And you, you've told me you can hear that on the waveforms. So each one is done differently. Um, and it has a different sounding effect has a different uh, feeling effect as it comes through the pads. I also want to mention in the pads is a small speaker and a high grade lab grown crystal. So that crystal is amplifying the oscillation. Um, we're also, uh, creating a very, we're making that crystal, uh, move in a certain effect, um, basically a pattern, what we call an oscillation, a pattern vibration that's different for each of those tones. And that is creating a very subtle piezoelectric effect. Um, Because anytime you make a crystal move, scientific principle, you're creating a subtle piezoelectric effect. So we're introducing a very subtle electromagnetic current to the body, but it's a very natural electromagnetic current because it is human sound based and it's also crystalline based. And our bodies have a lot of crystalline properties to them.
1: A piezoelectric effect is uh, uh, something that a lot of non-engineers aren't going to know about. And this is just that idea that movement of of some surfaces can create an electrical current. Mm -hmm. And what is almost unknown and somebody I wrote about in Headstrong is that your cell membranes in the body are piezoelectric. Yes. So that means all of the little tiny droplets of fat that surround your mitochondria to make the membrane and surround your cell membranes, they make electricity when you walk, when you jump, yes. when you breathe, when you sing, that's, when you speak. That, that,
2: that's the basis of life yeah. right there. And Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about the uh, how our cells are very crystalline in their alignment yeah. and properties. So we're kind—we're like, we are basically like what, what, water is a liquid crystal. Yes, and actually, you know, um, uh, we ha- we have there's water surrounding our DNA, and so uh, you know, and, and obviously, Dr. omoto through his experiment showed that how you can with whatever you say, the intention that you put into the water can create certain crystalline shapes, or you can create very uh, disparate, you know, negative shapes by saying negative words to it. So literally, as we you know, and what w- w- what's coming through our sound frequency technology, but also what's, what's happening in everything we're doing in the world, just how we speak to somebody, how we think and everything. We are, you know, literally reshaping our DNA to a, negative or positive pattern.
1: It may sound out there, uh, but
2: that, that... That is all scientifically proven. If somebody wants to contact me, I can give them the study. Oh, yeah. There was actually a study out of UCLA that showed the, the water surrounding the DNA, and they did experiments on that. And so,
1: Oh, there's definitely water surrounding uh, DNA, and, and we've had uh, Gerald Pollack, in fact, Bulletproof is supporting some of the research at his lab now uh-huh. at University of Washington where he's looking at you know, the core properties of water inside cells uh, to see what happens there. And uh, I think a lot of people don't know about that kind of research. Uh, but there is something going on there. Uh, I'm, I'm still not convinced uh, fully uh, by Dr. Omoto's sort of things. I just I haven't seen it replicated enough to say, you know, if, if you look at water and say bad water, uh, that it's somehow, <laughs> somehow going to make ugly crystals. And if you say good water, it's going to make happy crystals. Uh, but there's probably something going on there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think what's happening is what you're seeing is you're seeing a... Uh, spirituality and science come together in a way that they haven't done before. And a lot of the things that 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 spirituality has understood over for a long time, a lot of the mystics have understood it is starting to be duplicated in science. Yeah. And, um, we are, and, and that's a beautiful bridge that's happening between the two because that's really, you know, what, what we are at a core. I mean, basically the science has proven that everything is one, undifferentiated energy field. So we're kind of, you know, coming into science is starting to prove a lot of these things. That,
1: that. We've had a, a few guests on the show who are definitely doing research in there. And Bruce Lipton came on. Okay. Uh, just a, a fantastic guy. Uh, in fact, I met him years ago through the nonprofit anti-agent group that I run and I was, he just kind of blew my mind. But when you, you meet him, he's, you know, the the biology of belief and, and some pretty out there metaphysical religious stuff. But you meet him, he's like, oh, yeah, we were cloning cells in 1968, like before you were born, Dave. Wow. And he's like a hardcore cell biologist. And he's like what I saw in cells led me to believe, you know, everything is connected and that the environment programs the cell and water is part of the environment. Frequency is part of the environment, both electromagnetic and sound and mm-hmm. vibration and and I fundamentally believe, just based on all of the, the experiences I've had, including you know, Tibet and uh, you know all sorts of altered states work, look, it, if you're sitting you know, with a heart full of hate and negative intent towards others, it's going to cost you something, and it's probably not good for the people around you, which is why I, I work to not do that in my life. It's just mm-hmm. not worth the time. Uh, so th- there's enough evidence to act on that. And I, I don't think we know all the mechanisms inside it, but we're starting to to take what ancient traditions have have, have looked at for a long time and you can feel something, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, well, why do you feel it? And we're sort of crafting the science in the story and, and looking at that. I don't think science is anywhere near done doing that. Mm-mm. But without any science at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have a tradition of sound healing or Tibetan chanting or any of the the Hindu derived the the various ohms and, and postures and Uh, mudras and mantras and things like that and the bottom line is is that they work (laughs) and they work differently for different people and and things like that but but we don't do those things for thousands of years because we're crazy pants. Uh, We do those things for thousands of years because we can feel they're doing something Mm -hmm. and we don't like it that we don't know why they're doing something. And and it sounds like you're, you're taking some steps towards taking advantage of those effects as we're understanding the mechanism.
2: We are. And and, and this is a patent and technology that nobody else has. I think what we're doing is, you know, it's been obviously been used for thousands of years. And so we want to take, and, and then we've come into a technology age where it's almost like a lot of those things we were doing before have been, discarded. Yeah. And what we don't want to discard them, we want to take the best of what's there and blend it into the new and create things that, that you know, can really benefit people. So I think what's happened is uh, the, with the understanding of, of frequency, you know, back in the like early 1900s to the thirties and the forties, frequency uh, was well understood in terms of, of its effects. And there was a number of people doing things with frequency. And then I think we moved kind of into another model um, and we've kind of forgotten a lot of, uh, you know, the benefits of, of understanding frequency medicine and, and how we can affect that, and we're that's starting to come back in. You know, uh, Stephen Hawking, the the British uh, physicist who wrote the Brief History of Time, said that basically electromagnetism magnetism controls all chemical reactions, all uh, biological responses in life itself. So really, frequency medicine underpins everything that's happening on the biochemical
1: level. We have this problem where 100 years ago or so, we had this fight between the electromagnetic arguments for medicine. This goes back to a guy called Pliny the Elder, uh-huh. the f- first guy to use electric eels to treat migraines, like back in ancient Greece, and so there's been this tradition there, and then there's been the the more the alchemy derived uh, chemistry based tradition, and about 100 years ago, like chemistry trumped electromagnetism in just in a few debates really, and mm-hmm. so medicine went down this chemical pathway, but as we start understanding more about this stuff, we realize all chemistry is essentially physics when you get right down to it. And all physics eventually derives down to oscillations, vibrations of what's mostly empty space. Right. Uh, Nassim Harim was on the show recently uh, looking at you know, quantum physics and talking about even a proton is empty inside. So we have all these these very mm-hmm. thin membranes in the body. But even then, we're mostly space and the space vibrates uh, mm-hmm. over time. And this stuff kind of blows my mind because I think there's a lot we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But we know enough that you can take an older technology like chanting and you can apply newer technology like signal processing mm-hmm. and waveform generation, put it into the right parts of the body which came out of the field of acupuncture and then say, is there an effect you can generate? Mm-hmm. And certainly there's something going on there. I, I can feel an effect, whether it's permanent or placebo or whatever. I haven't done enough playing around with it. But what are some of the effects that you see when you get someone hooked up and you screen them for the right tone? Like like what what's the experience for people who use it?
2: Well, you know, uh, we have a professional system and uh, m- most of the physicians uh, and other pra- health practitioners that have that are pre-screening people to determine which tones are most balancing. Then we also have a home unit, which has four preset programs on there. And so we're in both, we're seeing fantastic results on sleep, stress, uh, low energy, mental focus, things like management of chronic illness, um, kids who are highly sensitive and unable to regulate their emotions or behavior. This really grounds them. we're also seeing, uh, having reports in a number of other areas that, uh, you know, I really can't talk about, but um, (laughs) but, but, but certainly uh, a lot of things, what we're doing is we're balancing the autonomic nervous system and we're taking somebody into a uh, deep parasympathetic state. So we're taking them from a sympathetic state, which is a fight or flight state, into a deep parasympathetic state, which is a resting or healing state, and any health practitioner anywhere whether they're alternative or conventional will tell you they want to treat people in a parasympathetic state and that and everything that they do to treat people that is that much more effective when they're treating them from a parasympathetic state because of all like these voltage gated, gated calcium channels, the EMF's hitting that and all this other stuff that we're undergoing with stress and everything, probably 90% of the U S population is walking around in the fight or flight state. So we take them into the, into the deep parasympathetic and, and, for most people, vast majority of people, they feel that the very first time they run. It really grounds them, puts them back in their body, and they're like, I didn't know I was supposed to feel like this, you know, because they've been walking around in this this other state for so long, you know, and you're probably not a good case because you're doing so, <laughs> many, you're doing so many other things. But for most people who are not doing anything and who are, you know, around a huge amount of uh, uh, computers or Wi-Fi or, you know, things like that, they're, they're like, oh my gosh, this is like, you know, amazing. I didn't know I was supposed to feel like this.
1: I, I travel uh, for Bulletproof about at least 125 days a year. So I'm on airplanes, I'm in hotel rooms. Uh, and I, I as I do that, I take every step I can to protect myself from excessive EMF exposure and toxin exposure. But I'm on an airplane. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to right. you know, take the hit uh, and I'm going to counter it as best I can. I'm pretty open about the fact that I spent the first 30 or so years of my life in a constant sympathetic state. And in headstrong, I I write about this idea that the cells in your body are actually listening to the magnetic field that comes from your heart. Mm -hmm. And, it comes from your heart in a measurable, quantifiable way where we can describe the shape of it. It's shaped like a donut, a torus. And like, like this is actually like biophysics, not uh, the, you know, chakra kind of things. Right. By the way, chakras are useful for meditation. They, they exist as well. But like the cells listen to this. And if you are emotionally or physically in a state of stress you'll be sympathetic and then the body is ready to fight, but it will not turn on cellular repair mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And so if you can use sounds to shift someone out of that into the state that's required for the cells to clean themselves out, for the cells to fold new proteins and things like that, that is going to have clinically noticeable results. Mm -hmm. And I definitely felt some shifts from using the tones, like actually more than I expected. I, I have to say when I unpacked, uh, all the clinical stuff. I'm like, okay, so it looks like I'm kind of putting some speakers on my ankles here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, what am I getting myself into? But the combination of that end it sounds like like okay, that's relatively strong in the overall. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was obviously
2: the. We're, so we're 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 obviously coming into the auditory cortex with the headphones, right. but then we're coming into. You know into the acupuncture meridians and and robert becker talks about this talks about the acupuncture meridian system and we're spreading those those frequencies throughout the fascia of the body um that's that's the mechanism the pathways for the basically frequency is how frequency spreads along the body so we're spreading along the fascia of the body and it's affecting all of the, the whole body system as opposed to just trying to you know affect the brain um and so what we're trying to do is we're trying to restore. I mean, frequency has been, again, frequency has been proven to, can kill cells. You know, there's been studies showing that frequency can kill cells. or So frequency, and, and the concept behind that is, you know, I don't know if you, if you remember back from like, if you're uh, old enough to remember like Ella Fitzgerald used to sing and she would shatter the MemRex glass. Right. So that's a dissonant frequency. You're giving a frequency of the glass that's incompatible with the frequency of the glass and you would shatter it. So that's that's some of the experiments that they're doing now with frequency being able to kill like cancer cells and things like that. And there's and there's certain people doing some stuff around there. But what we're doing is we are sending a restorative frequency back into the body to bring the natural resonant frequencies back into into what they're supposed to be and to allow the, the body and, and the immune system to operate more as intended.
1: The, the first guy I'm familiar with using resonant frequencies to kill things is a guy named Royal Rife. And years ago when I had Lyme disease and I hadn't uh, solved it with ozone and just mitochondrial resuscitation stuff, uh, and frankly I think Lyme disease is always triggered by toxic mold. I was living in a place with toxic mold too so you know chicken and egg kind of thing anyway i bought a rife machine and rife was around 100 or so years ago and uh, 30s. 30s, 30s, yeah, so almost uh, 90 years, then yeah. uh, there, give or take. And I actually bought, like have all of his original research papers and all this. And what he did is he invented, you were for, for Zeiss, the instrument manufacturer, and he invented a very, very high powered microscope. Mm-hmm. It was so high powered that you couldn't use a normal light to look at things because he was looking at things that were amplified beyond the wavelength of light. So we started using. Uh, basically, electromagnetic frequencies to illuminate cells, to watch live cells. And he noticed one day that if he would tune the electromagnetic frequency, some cells would die. So he actually spent years looking through a microscope saying, well, here's you know syphilis, and let me just tune this. And then, oh, there, the cells just broke apart. So he was finding non-resident frequencies. So I, I was a little skeptical, but hey, when you have Lyme disease and toxic mold and you feel like crap all the time and Western medicine doesn't work, you'll try anything. And I did. I tried everything. So I have this strange looking device with a tube full of neon gas or something. It might have been argon, whatever it was. And my uh, I was living with someone at the time and she had developed herpes lesions in her sinuses. It was terribly painful. Oh, my God. And this was also a result of living in a house with toxic mold. Your immune system goes nuts. So I didn't tell her what I was doing. She was reading. And I'm like, let's see what happens. So I tuned in the frequency on this thing specifically for the herpes virus. And within five seconds of me turning it on, she's 20 feet away from the machine. She drops the book, screams, grabs her face and says, ah, turn it off. Turn it off. What are you doing? You know? You can't make that up. There was no placebo here because she didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oops, I guess there's something (laughs) going on here. Right. And then Rife's work, surprisingly, uh, the guy who started the American Medical Association uh, tried to buy the technology. And when Rife said, I'm not selling it, they actually went out and wrecked most of his microscopes and tried to destroy, they actually burned some of his research and all sorts of bad stuff in the history of uh, the formation of the, the modern establishment of like chemical-based medicine. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's ample evidence based on that experience that I had myself that frequencies really can do something on a cellular level with the sound frequencies that you guys are using. Like there's a plausible explanation for how this could be doing something. You mentioned in this uh, fascia and the fascial planes in the body are basically the things that, that hold muscle and organs together and they're made out of this amazing substance called you guys ready? Collagen, right? (laughs) And gee, do I put that in my Bulletproof (laughs) coffee every day? Yes. Not every day. Some days I do, but I eat it every day. And it's one of our products because when you have properly formed fascia in the body, fascia conducts vibration. It also conducts electricity. Mm -hmm. We mentioned piezoelectricity, which comes from sound. Mm -hmm. So you're creating a piezoelectric signal at basically parts uh, near the fascia on the wrists and ankles, and you're creating specific uh, frequencies of electricity using these vibrations and probably these crystals in there as well that are part of it. Mm -hmm. And then it's traveling along the fascia planes if your fascia is intact, right? And then... Could it have an effect on the nervous system? Yes. You guys are seeing changes in heart rate variability, and you're seeing behavioral change, right? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're seeing very large changes in heart rate variability. Certainly, uh, uh, you know, people that have uh, nervousness, significant uh, changes in that, um, and just an overall um, restorative effect uh, in, in the whole body and the brain. Uh, And I think coming back, you know, having the dual effect, I mean, there's a number of reasons why what we're doing is so unique and powerful, but definitely coming both into the brain and into the body, um, is having that dual thing is, is significant. So
1: tell me one of the most dramatic things you've seen from someone who, who, you know, strapped on the, the electrodes or not electrodes, sorry, strapped on the, the, what do you call them? Signal transducers, speakers.
2: I mean, there's actually speakers in there, and and Crystal, uh, and then certainly the headphones. You know, I I think the thing for us that we are uh, most—I mean, we are very grateful for for this technology because we've seen such significant— results in people's lives in terms of what they tell us from, you know, and, and what we've seen in terms of like helping kids who are just.
1: like Give me an example, like, like a specific like,
2: one. like Like there's a testimony on our website from a mom who basically tried all these other things and whose child was just unruly and the teachers were just like, you know, can't handle this child. And so she started running on Uriel t- uh, Tones and and she is continuing to run and it has made a huge difference in what well, we you know grounding her. her her teachers have said oh my gosh what are you doing this such a significant difference um, we've seen people we've seen <coughs> results in so many areas outside the physiological we have people you know like telling us that they they're undergoing cancer treatment this is a great adjunct to that and it's helping them you know with sleep and stress but also with their fear over cancer so there's definitely there's some kind of there's there's a and this is not this is not a scientific thing that I can say, but there's some kind of principle of uh, peace that's coming through our equipment that's helping people just feel, you know, that they're okay about things. Um, well, and and there's no there's no science
1: around that. I, I think there there might be some science around that. Yeah, and it comes down to sympathetic versus parasympathetic. If there's something going on, whether it's environmental or emotional, psychological, spiritual, whatever that causes your body to be in fight or flight, then you're going to feel anxiety and fear and pain and suffering more. And if there's something in the environment or inside of you and your thought processes, uh, spiritual attainment, whatever you want to call it, that causes you to consciously or unconsciously be in a a parasympathetic dominant where your body's in that rest and refresh, you're more resilient when you have the ability to switch between the two. Fight or flight is useful if there's a tiger about to eat you. Right. Uh, But if it's turned on during chemotherapy, (laughs) it's actually going to make Mm -hmm. the drugs not work Mm -hmm. as well because you're going to be fighting it. But if you can turn on the repair and recovery mechanisms, so if the the tones can help the body shift, that would be the feeling of peace. Uh, Peace is associated with parasympathetic dominance. Mm -hmm. And and we can measure it in brain waves too. Mm -hmm. Do you ever strap an EEG on someone's head and see what happens in their brain when they do it?
2: Uh, we, we've done that, uh, we did that one time and, and it shows significant results. We need to get into, um, we feel like we're in 2018, we're going to be getting into some clinical studies. So we, we need to scientifically validate what we're seeing subjectively, but I can say the subjective results, you know, you're talking about other things. I mean, we've had, we see, 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 see such a wide variety of things. And sometimes there are like things that make us shake our head, like people, somebody who was on the table who had not not being able to smell since she was three years old got off the table was able to smell for you know a number of days we see people um who have like chemical sensitivities and this is um helping them people are reporting a wide range of uh, things and we think that's because um for several reasons, but one of the largest reasons is is that, you know, when frequency, uh, we're, we're all we all very much have a different body blueprint. So when frequency, when our frequencies in the body become distorted, then that is manifesting in a number of ways. Um, it could be certain health issues, could be something like, you know, like chemical sensitivities. And, and there's certainly other things that could play into that. I mean, they could have mold issues or things like that. But we are, you know, we are helping in some situations we're helping, you know, completely. In other situations, we're helping partially and they're seeing results. So when you're able to, you know, again, frequency, the frequency is foundational to the to the body and to the brain. And when you're able to change that back to its healthy frequency, then... That's why we believe we're seeing results in so many areas.
1: I'm intrigued. What I'll do one of these days when I I get around to it is I'll either take the gear uh, down to 40 years of Zen uh, and run it uh, with a neuroscientist down there, or maybe I'll just uh, put the electrodes on my head and... uh, uh, and I'd love that and see what happens because I, it's easy for me to get, uh, signals off my brain, like clinical grade stuff. Yeah. Um, the problem is I, I'm probably not a good Guinea pig because I might be subject to placebo because I understand what it's supposed to do. So I'd, I'd want to stick it on an, an unsuspecting, Unsuspe- yeah. uh, Guinea pig, uh, probably some family member or a child or something. <laughs> <laughs> child yeah. experiments are okay, right? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the EEG part, but
1: uh, yeah, yeah, but but as, as long as it's non invasive, if if you're hearing sounds or looking at your brain waves, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you're you're doing anything dangerous there because we hear sounds all the time and we generate brainwaves all the time. So mm-hmm. measuring things like that seems seems within the 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 realm of exceptionally safe, which is kind of cool. Yeah, what would happen if I uh, if I played some nine inch nails uh, through your system? Some
2: nine inch nails? Uh, you
1: don't know nine inch nails? Trent Reznor, it's, oh, it's oh, oh, oh. One, one of the angrier kinds of music that are out there. I used to be a big uh, fan when I was Yeah, so call.
2: that that. Uh, well, I mean, basically, our system is. I'm too old for Nine Inch Nails, so our system is designed to play uh, what what we've created. And also one one of the things I want to mention this, one of the things, the reasons that this is another reason this is, is powerful is because we are giving the body lossless sound. And I mean, what I mean by that is this has not been digitally compressed at all. So anything that you, you know, we have a number of reasons, but anything that you download over the internet or you're listening to your, your iPhone or anything like that has all been digitally compressed. So what we've created has not been digitally compressed as it is, Is if you listen to it in the studio. I mean, it's been modulating a certain way, but it's basically um, it it has no digital compression to it. And what happens when you digitally compress something is you lose a lot of the subtle frequencies and harmonics um, because they're pulling out you know certain things to be able to compress it to to send it. And so our system is delivering lossless sound, and that is uh, another thing that you know is is a big part of what we're doing.
1: Are you using vacuum tubes in it? No. Okay, cool. So there's still a digital component there, but it's just extremely high-fidelity digital.
2: I mean, basically what we're doing is obviously when it's on the system, it's digitized, and then we're sending it through a digital to analog converter. Okay. So we're, we're basically delivering it back to the, back to analog.
1: Got it. And this is something that, uh, unless you're a super geek uh, like me, a lot of people haven't thought about that, but the true audiophiles, yeah, they listen to records, uh, because when you have a record, all the waveforms are, are round, just yes. like if you were playing a real instrument. That's why live music just always sounds better. Mm-hmm. And and then when you put it even on a CD instead of round, you're getting all these little basically stair step functions. Mm-hmm. And if you really tune in on the difference between live music or something that's played through a warmer tube amp, there is a difference, and it's a, a subtle biological difference. When we first switched to CDs, and I'm just old enough to remember, you know, getting my first CD uh, and not buying records anymore, and people were complaining like it, it sounds like you know someone someone. Uh, you know, shattering ice, or like it doesn't sound right. right. And now that's all we know how to hear because pretty much anything you hear is digitally modulated unless it's live. Uh, so what you've done and, is, and it's,
2: and it's also digitally compressed because I'm, it's right. because it's having to come over some kind of device, coming over the internet or some kind of device. So you know musicians really appreciate what we have here because they understand that it's delivering a pure essence of sound, and and they can you know, they can appreciate the difference. So the delivering those subtle frequencies and harmonics is is really important because that's where a lot of the healing effects come from is in those subtle frequencies and harmonics.
1: Yeah, it's it's just being a podcaster and having uh, been around when the very first MP3s came out long before Napster, any of that sort of stuff. I think my first uh, MP3 download was uh, Metallica. Jeez, uh, this would have been 1994. Five ninety six uh, before the first mp3 player and uh by the way metallica if you're listening i apologize i did want to wear a napster shirt at one of your concerts but i would never do that now because well i i, I see how, i see what happened to music anyway at the time i thought it was pretty cool because i was a big fan and one of the the things that happened was it just didn't sound the same and you'd buy a cd and it was better and if you hear uh, musicians like that play live it's like oh my god you know it, it's a, a whole visceral sensation it's not because the speakers are better it's part of it but it's because you're actually getting all the harmonics because it's live Mm -hmm. and and i do notice a difference um, just from working with stuff you're using like a rolls amp which audiophiles will know what that means but you're using super high-end gear and yeah if you're looking to do more than just cognitively hear something but to viscerally feel it Mm -hmm. okay i i could see there being a reason to do that i'm guessing you tested using cheaper stuff and smaller signals it doesn't work Our home
2: unit is one piece of equipment. So our our actual professional unit is three pieces of equipment, Mm and and um, we are uh, looking for um, we're looking to go to our next round of funding, and one of those things would be to develop one piece of equipment. But it would certainly be everything that we're doing is going to have very high end. A reproduction capability similar to what we have right now with like the rolls amp and so forth
1: interesting uh, so part of this uh, equation for, uh, for for people listening or saying all right is there something to sound healing look if you've got a, a guy playing a didgeridoo <laughs> over you know over your navel It's going to be different than listening to a recording of a didgeridoo over your navel. Mm -hmm. And part of this is that there's a signal compression thing. And then part of this with what Uriel Tones is doing is you're putting resonant frequencies in there and some waveforms that you've generated. And certainly I was pretty impressed when i hooked all this stuff up because i i didn't expect it to be um the level of uh i wouldn't expect to have been able to feel it or or to just like sense an altered state coming on the way it did Mm -hmm. Uh, do people report sort of feeling altered states sort of seeing things
2: yeah i mean it's you know it's very interesting because it's for us we're seeing it's working at many levels beyond the physiological definitely certainly working at energetic level uh working Very much at an emotional level, we've seen people have major emotional releases on the table, like remember past things and kind of, you know, release things. And we've had people have major spiritual experiences on the table. Those are types of things we kind of shake our head at and just, I mean, not that we're in disbelief, but just, uh, you know, just it's amazing things that are happening. We kind of, what happens through that technology, because it was done by two powerful sound healers with a great intention for healing, there's a certain... uh, whatever you call aura or something that's coming through there in addition to how we're putting, we're, we have a combination of, of the, the mystical stuff, but also the science stuff. We're combining, you know, the both.
1: It's easy for some people to shake their head and say intent doesn't matter because uh, it hasn't been proven to my personal satisfaction. I'm, I'll just stipulate that. Like intent matters. <laughs> it, it's made a huge difference in my life. Yeah. And I don't actually care if it's placebo at this point, uh, but I'll keep rolling with that. And all of the most successful, happiest, uh, most productive, like amazing people I know are all in alignment on the fact that intent matters. So, Hey, you know, (laughs) maybe we're all wrong, but in the meantime, I'll just, I'll, I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll give you that one. All right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, I think that, uh, basically our intentions, you know, definitely our, our thoughts and beliefs create our reality. And so you, you know, you seem like a very, uh, fun-loving, life-loving person, you know, a good-hearted person, and so you are, I think it's your, the, your intention of what you created to, you know, what you want to do, how you want to help people, you know, how you want to spread the word about some amazing technologies and what you're doing, and I think that, you know, that's how you, you create your reality and what happens to you in life.
1: Uh, I I would agree with that. In fact, that gives us a little bit of, of time to transition. You've written a couple books around sort of personal development, and things like that. Sort of what's your what's your your basic theory behind or your basic thinking behind that?
2: Well, you know, I, uh, we've dis- we discussed this a little bit. I kind of came to this in a little bit different way than most than than what you did because I went through a standard thing of like emotional therapy and so. Uh, I was working off a lot of uh, emotional trauma that happened in my childhood, and and as I, as I was doing that, I was also kind of working on my spiritual path at the same time because I believe that our emotional and spiritual paths are intertwined. Um, you know, the uh, uh, all the religious traditions talk about God being love, and so I think we come back to a spiritual nature through um, through our emotions, and and I think the way that you do that is you have to uh, release false beliefs. And, and, and so we have a lot of beliefs and some people have more beliefs than others and a lot more negative beliefs. And so we get entwined with those beliefs and, th- and there's a certain frequency to that. There's definitely very much a frequency to those beliefs. And so as you release what is false inside of you, what is true, um, basically it remains and that's what comes up and that's what you, you know, that's what you work with.
1: Um, very, uh, very well put. I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't counter any of that. I have one more question for you, Larry. If someone came to you tomorrow and said, I want to perform better at everything I do as a human being, what are the three most important pieces of advice you'd have for me? What would you offer them?
2: Um, I would say, uh, become a more, a lot more aware of yourself. And, and when you, when, when you have, when you become aware of yourself, I would say, uh, witness, how you interact in life and with others. You know, we talk about all the uh, spiritual traditions talk about like witnessing, taking a step back and seeing how you, you know, how you're, doing things. So witnessing is very important because you can't change something if you're like it's like if you're in the forest if you know if you're if your nose is pressed up against a tree, you don't know you're in the forest. So you got to take a different perspective and step back. You got to take, you know, get above the trees and see you're in the forest and then you got to you have to make the decision to change the behaviors that you that are not productive for you, you know, that are not in alignment with who you want to be. Now, maybe you decide you don't want to be that. Maybe you decide you don't want to be a nice person. (laughs) You know, maybe you choose that. Okay. But uh, I think most people will choose like, okay, I don't want to do that. I I want to be, you know, a good hearted person who's putting really good in the world and and helping people. So I think the first thing is witnessing that. And then the second thing would be taking action, you know, on that. And then uh, just being aware of, Uh, all these things, being aware of things that you need to do to, uh, besides, you know, your beliefs, but things you need to do to improve your life. And when when I, and especially on the health end, um, I think there's, you know, one of the things that we have to be careful of is people will say, well you know this technology or this supplement is good for everybody and that's not true i mean there's no there's no one thing that's going to do this specific thing for every single person and there's a lot of people hawking that message and so you have to determine and this is something that you you're probably the leader of the world on in terms <laughs> of like testing things you you've had to not you you just have to evaluate things you've got to read up a lot of it. you you know and, and where appropriate you got to test it and see what works for you to help you to help you to be more healthy and uh, because uh, when you are more healthy and basically you you remove the things inside of you that, that they're preventing you from what I would say, recognizing your divinity. Um, and those things can be, you know, physiological things like metals and toxins in the body or polluting your body with fast food or, you know, being around too many EMFs. And then the other thing is, you know, beliefs. So it's a, it's a multifaceted thing to, to be able to take a look at yourself and, And figure out, you know, and and make decisions. What is what's right for you? Because what's right for you doing certain things may not be what's right for somebody else.
1: I think that was number one was awareness. What are the other two?
2: That was like a multifaceted answer. You're going to hit me. (laughs) Awareness and uh, awareness is is the most is the best thing. Okay, I would say you know choosing to be choosing to be the best version of yourself. Okay, all right. Uh. I think basically choosing to be kind in all instances. realizing that you're that that what you put that what you put out there has immense ripples. even the smallest of gestures, you know, like a kind gesture, a smile, a kind even a short word to somebody has immense gestures in the universe. I believe that strongly that what we put out there comes back to us in a certain way, um, and that we, are here to evolve and to recognize who we are, and to basically uh, and and to kind of come into uh, alignment with with being the best version of ourselves, which is the divine self.
1: Very well put, Larry. All of your research and work is available at UrielSound.com. U R I E L Sound.com, and your company is called HuSo or Uriel Tones. Yes. And uh, I'm definitely playing with the technology here. Uh, People can find this at a few practitioners' offices today. I think you've got a a finder on the website for people who want to do that. And there's a a home unit that you've also just started uh, started selling recently.
2: Yeah, we we started selling a home unit uh, this year. We're we're, uh, in a number of physician and health practitioner offices across the U.S., a little bit in Canada a little bit in Europe, a uh, little bit in Australia, mostly in the U.S. on the professional model. Somebody can contact us and ask, you know, let us know where they're at, and we can tell them if there's – we're in a lot of major cities, but not all of them. We can let them know uh, if there's a practitioner there, and then we're selling our home unit um, off of our website, and we're going to have a, a pretty neat thing in 2018 where we're basically we'll have a great synergies between uh, home unit users and professional unit Um and, and professional centers so they can go in, get pre-screened for their own technologies, and then be able to, to, to download those into their box, their home unit.
1: Uh, that's pretty cool stuff. So maybe we can make traditional sound healing uh, more effective, upgrade a little bit, and then make it more accessible, which is kind of cool because I don't know that many world-class sound healers floating around, and there's billions of people. So maybe we can scale this technology up, which is cool.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, that's obviously there's, – there's very – And we've met many, there's many uh, very good-hearted, powerful sound healers out there um, and people doing some amazing stuff with sound. We think we've developed something that takes this into where it can be spread and it can be in in many people's homes and achieve the same effect as if you go to a sound practitioner uh, because there's only so much, so many of them and they can only see so many people and there's so many people
1: in need. Beautiful. Well, I support your mission there, and I love how you're taking uh, these older, uh, ancient uh, traditions and ancient uh, healing technologies and uh, building on them. I think that's uh, uh, one of the core things we can do as biohackers. So thanks for your work, and thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: If you like today's show, you know what to do. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review that says, I really enjoyed this show. Give us like 19 stars or whatever the number of stars you can leave is if you think the show is worthy of that. I certainly appreciate the reviews. And if you haven't had a chance to check out Headstrong, now is the time to read it or maybe even buy it as a gift for someone you care about. So you have a... Uh, some new knowledge about how you can upgrade your cognitive function. And when you read Headstrong, you will find that there is a bunch of information in there about how vibration affects your cells. And this whole episode, at the end of the day, is about how vibrations can be controlled, manipulated, and tuned so that you get a biological effect from that. That's cool stuff, and that's biohacking for you.